Now, I definitely think for today's uh, top 30 episode, Dan, there's gonna, uh, our listeners can play a bit of track-by-track track end-of-year bingo. Ooh, what they Do you know hear? where I'm coming from with this? Well, I think there's going to be a few things in this episode that we're going to say a number of times. Probably you more than me, not to be too, uh, not to be too much of a cliche, but uh, definitely take a shot whenever either of us says uh, they've had a fantastic year. Uh, definitely take a shot when uh, one of us says, I'd love to see them live. I've never have. Mm. Take a shot when one of us says, oh, they could be playing Glastonbury and or Mighty Hoopla next year. Yeah. What I've been thinking about a lot with the notes is definitely take a shot when we say it could have been any of the singles from this album on the list. <laughs> As you know, we always have just one artist per countdown at the end of the year. Yes, we do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say there there might be some controversial selections where an artist has had more than one big song this year as well. Might shock a few people. There's a big one, Will. There is a yeah, big there one. There is a big one. Yeah, there's a big one. Uh, should we get into the episode? Should we get the music on? Ooh, we've got a lot to get through. Let's do it. Hello. Hello, ho, ho. You're listening to Track by Track's Top 30 of 2023 with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is our annual countdown of our top 30 favourite songs of the year. And the year was this year, 2023, if you didn't know. And Will, this is the podcast where we decide year by year how many tracks we're going to count down at the end of the year. Because last year it was 20, the two years before that was 40, this year it's 30. What's going on? I don't know. Uh, I, we have changed the uh, rules of engagement every year, but I think at its core, we are celebrating our favourite songs of this year. And maybe it's 30 this year because we couldn't narrow it down anymore. That's it. Also, we were going to do 20 this year. And then when we compiled our list, and just as a reminder, we each write our own top, well, we did each write our own top 20 of the year. We compiled them. Uh, the top track gets 20 points, the bottom track gets one point. And actually, because of the amount of tracks that we had both picked, we ended up with just over 30. It was like 32 or something like that. So we decided, let's do the 30, because there was so much good stuff between 30 and 21. And it's going to be so interesting to see who ended up in the bottom and who ended up the king of the castle as our overall top. And what I love about this countdown is every year it's quintessentially only an end of year list that we could do. It's because it's all sorts of everything in the world of music, isn't it? It's not the top 30 pop songs of the year, top 30 indie tracks, top 30 rock tracks, top 30 novelty records of the year or anything like that. It is a it is as eclectic as the podcast is 300 the other 364 days of the year. A hundred percent. And of course, at this time of year, there are lots of end of year lists. And I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on them, Will, just as I have. And quite often you'll see one from X Magazine or Y Magazine and you'll think, yep, that's what I expected from you. I thought that one would be number one. I thought you'd include the artist here. Yeah, I think it's a real mixed bag. And we're very proud of that. 
don't be expecting us to toe the line with a lot of the other music uh, podcasts or blogs or online. We are very much our own thing, as this top 30 will show you. The thing with us as well, Will, is the last few years, our number one has not necessarily been a massive hit, but we have just been such huge fans of it, and it's normally by an artist we've championed. So we'll have to see if that's the case this year. And also, we said this on the Albums of the Year episode, we haven't done new music drops this year in monthly form. We've had playlists sporadically online. Sorry about that. Uh, So we haven't... There will be some artists that we'll talk about on this episode that sadly we can't go into too much detail to because there's a lot of music to get through. But we have been new fans, new discoveries this year, and we're really just going to be showing the very briefest of highlights of of the year that they've had so i would definitely say yeah there'll be some familiar names and faces some track by track favorites some big big artists but there are also going to be some new artists that we would recommend you checking out we have got a lot to get through will we've got 30 tracks to get through it's a bumper episode shall we get stuck in yes dan kick us off with number 30 so number 30 in this year's top 30 of 2023 it's SG Lewis featuring Charlotte Day Wilson and Channel Trez, and it's Fever Dreamer. there from SG Lewis featuring Charlotte Day Wilson and Channel Trez. I'm never quite sure Channel Trez or Chanel Trez. Either way, what a unique voice that put. Either way, what a unique voice. Now this one was released right at the start of the year on the 10th of January and of course around that same time we were talking to SG Lewis to go track by track through his second album Audio Lust and Higher Love and this is just a stunner from the album it's a dance floor filler huge bass euphoric keys electronic wizardry basically everything you'd expect from an Ashley Lewis track yeah he's had an amazing year hasn't he <laughs> there we go right there uh, <laughs> first one and I definitely said this on the albums of the year episode but I'd love to have seen and heard more from him in the UK around the album's release to just promote these amazing songs more this is a fantastically wonderful progressive dance track uh, with great vocals and, as you'd expect, from Sam. It's, it's a real name. He's a good friend. Uh, great, great production as well. And Eshi Lewis previously was number 35 on our top 40 of 2020 countdown with Impact, which featured Robin and Channel 3. Oh, I did love that track. Well, which is better? Not a, not a conversation for now. Number 29 now, Danny Minogue released his new song this year, as well as uh, celebrating her back catalogue with some anniversary releases and vinyls. Uh, This was We Could Be The One.
Now, uh, this is a classic Danny Ian Masterson uh, production collaboration, uh, which you can definitely hear in the production there. I love this song when it came out because I was obsessed with that reality show, I Kissed a Boy. Even though it maybe wasn't the most highbrow of television, I think it was still very positive what they did in showing queer relationships. Um, and lots of and lots of men just copping off of each other, mm. which is uh, you love watching you know, that, don't you? You, you like to? Did you watch? Did you did you did you watch it, Dan? <laughs> I didn't watch it actually. No, I've got I've got to catch up with. There's lots of TV I've got to catch up with this year. Just been very busy doing absolutely nothing. I'm not really sure what happened this year. <laughs> yeah, but I would love to watch it because it, it sounds great. And of course, love Danny. We're huge fans of Danny. Friends of Danny, I think, really at this point. Yep. Friends of Danny. Oh, is that like a? Uh, I love the fact that the we... new friend of um, Dorothy. Dorothy, yeah, definitely. After, especially after uh, I kissed the boy. Uh, I'd love the fact that we got a new song from Danny this year. I love the fact it was very much playing to her strengths, to her fan base. Very self-referential. This song is, but also uh, very empowering, very inclusive as well. And I love, I love how much Danny loved doing that show and recording this new song. And I also really loved Ian bringing back his trouser enthusiasm <laughs> for a remix. Yeah, wonderful remixes. One from Bright Light, Bright Light as well, which was great. And this track was released on the 2nd of June, just ahead of the series. Also, pop fact on this one, Will, if you didn't know, uh, Ian co-wrote it with Hayley Sanderson, who is one of the Strictly Come Dancing singers. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> Uh, which is makes a lot of sense because uh, he is the music. Is he still heavily involved in the music for it? Musical director is he? Or ex- yeah, mm. he's, he's heavily involved either way. He would he would have had a busy year because he's strictly he popped up on RuPaul again this year, and I know he was doing a charity single, which to be honest, passed me by. Oh dear, and Rama as well. Oh yes, of course. So moving on, number twenty eight. It's Odessa and Yellow House featuring Preston with Waiting Forever. Waiting Forever There from Odessa and Yellow House featuring Preston. This track released on the 21st of July. And if you don't know who they are, Odessa are a Washington duo who started creating soundscapes in the early 2010s. Yellow House is a Cape Town-based musician and Preston is not that Preston. What do you mean not that Preston? Not Preston of Nevermind the Buzzcocks, Celebrity Big Brother, Chantel and possibly... Ordinary Boys, Ordinary Boys mainly. fame, yeah. Odessa, I have really been impressed by um more and more I, I guess as my music tastes broaden even further you've done a good job dan i think in helping me expand myself oh thank you and because this is this is like a lot of odessa's stuff is very super cool soundscapes like indie dance music i think this is probably one of the most accessible immediate almost pop songs as well but with so many different production styles, synths and breakbeats, it really made me sick. Sit up, sit, really made me sick up oh and take notice this year. Sit up and take notice this year, 
and and then I go back and I discover more and immerse myself into that more. It's great. It's really I love how trippy it is. It gives me hints of. So they started out in the early 2010s. It gives me hints of just a bit before that, maybe MGMT or the Caesars, but then like filtered through more of a dance soundscape. Uh, and this one is from a whole EP released by Odessa and Yellow House called Flaws in Our Design. Okay, number 27 now, Fred again. He's had a fantastic year. Uh, this is Adore You. Again, is at number 27, and I mean, everything he touches seems to turn to gold at the moment. He's such a he's got huge commercial success, very cool, very trendy, very uh, well respected in the industry as well. And I think this track is a great example of why, because it's just so different to. You know, a very similar person uh, doing uh, doing dance mu- dance music of this ilk, like S.G. Lewis, but it's so much more um, almost experimental. This song jumps around, and you've got that fantastic bit two thirds of the way through, uh, where it completely changes as well. And I love how cool this top end of the chart, our countdown is as well. We've got some really, really different stuff than maybe you would normally hear us talking about. Yeah, and some newer stuff and some maybe more current stuff, whereas maybe later on we've got some more of the acts who've been doing it for a while and who we've talked about many, many times. But Fred, again, fairly new. He's been doing uh, what? Le- legacy artists. I didn't want to say that. Or heritage acts. I didn't want to say either of those things. That should be a shot. You should, know, you should have to down your pint if we say that about any of these acts. Yeah, Fred, again, been going a short while, but I first heard this track at Glastonbury this year. He was on just before the headliner on the other stage on the Saturday. It was an amazing set. The atmosphere was electric because you could tell that, I don't know, he just was one of those artists that maybe people hadn't seen before uh, and they were expecting a lot from him and he really did deliver and he was really humbled by it as well. But to hear this song, so this was released in August, so to hear this in June was really special. Uh, And he talked a lot about the track. This samples a song called I Wish It Was Me, from an artist called Obong JR, uh, and it's from his 2022 debut album, Sometimes I Dream of Doors. So it's a really recent track that Fred again heard, and of course he's just got an ear for that kind of thing. Uh, what's great about it as well is you've also got Fortet on the production, just adding to that kind of very sample-heavy house music sound. And as you said, what a year it's been for him because... Oh, another shot there. Because not only releasing tracks like this. He released a collab album with the legendary Brian Eno, but he also worked on singles from Pink and tracks from Sam Smith. He also released singles with uh, Skrillex and Streets and Dermot Kennedy. It's just non-stop, that man. So moving on then, 26, it's Django Django featuring self-esteem with Complete.
completely there from Django Django featuring self-esteem released near the start of the year. This came out on the 7th of February and this is from Django Django's fifth studio album. But they did something a little bit different this time. They released the album in four parts as four EPs with each one representing a planet. And there were lots of guests on here, the likes of Jack Peñate, uh, but of course self-esteem as well, who previously worked with them on Marble Skies. And what I love about this is that Django Django, I think we're both big fans of them, but they do like to change up their sound quite a bit. And this just feels so breakbeat and so 90s rave inspired. And that's why I love it. I love what they did with this album and the fact that this album ended up being like 21 tracks in total because of because of it. But there's some fantastic kind of rave dance pop uh, moments. This song is the standout for me particularly I love the keys kick in uh and it all breaks down about halfway through all the while you've got self-esteem who's a fantastic star who we love uh on vocals all the way through as well and some of our favorite artists never like to be pigeonholed into a particular genre and this is completely different to what we've known and loved from Django Django before and so many different things on this collection of songs as well and I have to say, what a year it's been for self-esteem as well. She has starred in Cabaret in the West End alongside Jake Shears to rave reviews. I'm absolutely desperate to see the show with those two in the cast. So I need to get tickets booked soon because I think they've just extended it for the final time. Also worth noting, self-esteem, she featured in last year's top 20 of 2022. She was at number 16 with Fucking Wizardry, the Block Them edit. Okay, next one now. Uh, number 25 Sugar Babes. Sugar Babes released a new song this year. Oh my god. I hear Oh my goodness, it's when the rain comes. started off the year uh, our first episode in fact of 2023 was the lost tapes which celebrated new songs to a lot of people that they had recorded um previously awaiting their moment to come back but this year we were treated to when the rain comes uh, a brand new song sounding classically sugar babes fresh r&b pop and they had a real moment when this came out all over the radio I remember they were on Graham Norton performing this as well. It just felt like they were really completely fully rounded back. I love how much of a surprise it was as well, because this was released the day before their gig at the O2. Uh, that in itself was a huge thing, considering the journey they've been on since they came back this second time. You know, they've played Glastonbury, the headline Mighty Hoopla, with the release of the Lost Tapes, their own tour, uh, supporting artists... And then to have done the O2 was just huge. So to get new music from them as well was such a nice treat. And I really love for this, for this first single in a decade, for this first thing since The Lost Tapes, I love how you can really hear how much they've grown since that. The Lost Tapes, obviously, as we said in the episode, we both absolutely adore. But this just shows them they've grown even more. They've sound even more soulful. Their vocals sound even better together. 
And I think one thing you always get with a sugar bass track, which is amazing, is that the harmonies are amazing, but then towards the end of the track, they all have their own little ad libs as well, and they're always just hundred percent. Mm. So yeah, this was released on the fifteenth of September, and it was written with Sparks, formerly of Triple Eight, who I think we've mentioned before, and also George Moore, who has been the MD for All Saints and has also worked with Yeba and Clean Bandit. Number 24 then, it's Peggy Goo, and it goes like na na na. on the 15th of June. Now, Peggy Goo, if you didn't know, and the reason I say that, Will, is that I think most people will have heard of her. However, there's a bit of a controversy because she's on the list of uh, the BBC Sounds of 2024 uh, artists to watch out for, but she has actually been releasing music since 2014. She has DJed, she has produced, she's now a singer-songwriter, she's played Glastonbury and Coachella, and even last year, she remixed Kylie's Can't Get You Out of My Head. Yeah, so not forget about 2024. She's been here already. And this song has been a kind of slow burn uh, through a lot of the year as it's picked up more and more traction. Once it gets in your head, you can't get it out again. I think that's probably a big part of it. And I think this is one of so many tracks this year that came out that throws you right back to kind of 90s, late 90s dance music. We've kind of moved on from you know, the, the house keys and, and tambourines and things and moved into these kind of more Euro dance tracks that were in the sort of mid to late 90s. And, you know, so many artists dabbled with it. Calvin Harris kind of tweaked his sound to be a little bit more leaning in towards that. Uh, and many other artists as well. that I And I've been all been totally here for it because I just grew up around that music. So I think Peggy Goo is... This is, the, this is one of those songs that will like people will remember from 2023 definitely and i love as well is it is it a sample or is it an interpolation of atb's 9 p.m till i come but the fact mm. that that's been very very loosely and very very lightly given a new lease of life through this track also well a great thing about this one then you don't hear this very often on our top 30 this was actually a huge hit single in the uk as well this was number five <laughs> Yeah, then there won't be many that were in the top five. Uh, maybe a couple more, mm. perhaps. Okay, next up, uh, Moika. Uh, Dan, you might need to wheel your Moika story out in a second again. Uh, and already gone. Some euphoric Scandi pop uh, from Moika there. Uh, her album, Movies, Cars and Heartbreak, is a must-listen. Uh, so many fantastic songs. I love her very slow, understated starts, which build and build to these huge synth synthy moments. And 
we've been talking about Moika for a couple of years now, and I love the fact that she's still releasing great music and slowly building that kind of reputation uh, and fan base up. But of course, Dan, you were you were not so long ago at a at a gig, not at her at a gig, uh, at a gig of hers. Correct. Uh, yeah, I went to see her at Seabright Arms on the I think it was the first of November. I don't need to be too specific, I don't think, but it just rings a bell in my head. And I had it's a small venue if you've not been. It's beneath a pub. It's very intimate. It's a very nice venue. Uh, and before I went to get a drink from the bar upstairs, and I turned around, and there was Moika. And so we had a little chat. She was absolutely lovely to talk to. She knew about the work we've done, you know, bigging up her career over the years. We've talked about her. There basically wasn't a new music drop episode where we didn't mention a new Moika track. It got to that point. Um, but lovely to chat to her. And the gig was phenomenal. She's got two albums and a couple of EPs as well worth of music. And it's all this good in my eyes. It's all just euphoric. It's melancholy. It's wonderful electronics. Uh, great vocals. What more could you want, Will? Number 22 now then. It's the last dinner party with nothing matters. Party released on the 19th of April and I distinctly remember that day and seeing on Twitter lots of people saying last dinner party nothing matters where has this come from what's going on it's brilliant and I thought well, I'll give it a listen I'm sure it can't be as good as people are making out and I just played it on repeat for most of the day I just thought it was incredible and so instantly infectious and it turns out that the band have actually been together for a year or so before the year before they released this, so in 2022, they actually played British Summertime High Park on one of the Rolling Stones dates. So they were already building up a fan base with their live sets. Uh, and it, so it seems very kind of organic and quite old-fashioned how they've done that. Now, they've, they've sold out lots of London dates. They're playing the Roundhouse next year. They've got their debut album coming out. So it's one of those bands that's really exciting to see how it's, again, quite organically, naturally just developing yeah they've done a wet leg haven't they uh which is just very uh word of mouth great music and slowly building a live profile um and uh, kind of building up and up into prominence and getting i mean roundhouse is a huge would be a huge milestone for them i uh you put me onto them so i didn't know about them or this track uh and i really enjoy this track and it feels like I'm hearing and seeing more and more of them on social media, uh, on radio, you know, and the buzz is growing. So I think 2024 is going to be very good to them. Yes. And alongside Peggy Goo, they're one of the artists on BBC Sounds of 2024 list, as well as many others as well. Their debut album, Prelude to Prelude? Prelude to Ex- Prelude to Ecstasy is out next year and of course they've had so many you know i some people some bands some artists don't like to be compared to others for me i kind of love hearing something new and thinking oh it's a bit of this and a bit of that 
and for these, I've heard so many different names. Florence and the Machine feels like quite an obvious one, and they have uh, supported Florence on tour. But also Kate Bush, David Bowie, Warpaint, Sparks even. Lots of names thrown in the mix for these. And I think actually it is quite a mix of sounds, isn't it? It's quite it's kind of Baroque pop. It's very powerful. It's very punchy. It's very strong. But it's very, you know, I almost felt when I first heard Nothing Matters, when I first heard this track, I almost felt like I'd heard it before. It's kind of like quite classic songwriting as well. Mm-hmm. One more thing. And another thing, another shot game, Will, Drink When You Hear, Produced by James Ford, because this track was produced by James Ford. <laughs> James Ford is rapidly becoming the new Stuart Price in so much as we mentioned his name a lot at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that will stop next year, knowing what's ahead mm. either. Okay, next, the number 21. The Chemical Brothers are back. The Chemicals with Beck and Skipping Like a Stone. So good to have Chemicals back with a new album this year. This is, they released a number of singles, but this is the standout for me. I think it's straddling the right lines between, you know, a dance, a really good, solid, full body dance track and something a little bit poppier and a bit more accessible. You, you could you could potentially hear getting radio play. Beck lends his vocals. You can't mistake his biology. You can't mistake <laughs> his voice. And I think he's very well suited to the production and soundscapes that the Chemical Brothers build. I, yeah, I just thought it really just struck me when I first heard this track. And I just thought this is something a little bit more than just dance music. This is a bit, there's, you know, there's a bit of emotional punch to it as well. And reading up on the track today, I think Beck said it best. Uh, talking about Chemical Brothers, he said... They kind of sit in an unusual place between different eras of electronic music and DJ culture. It's like they have one foot in multiple decades at the same time in a way that is utterly unique among their peers. Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that's a perfect way to describe them. This is now their 10th studio album, which is called For That Beautiful Feeling. This track was released on the 22nd of August, but it's actually the second collaboration between Chemical Brothers and Beck because they also worked together on 2015's Wide Open. How is your mother? <laughs> but it's a phenomenal track. And particularly when that bass comes in, there's a certain point of the song where it's already amazing. And then the bass kind of just does something else. Okay, we're into our top 20. And number 20 is Harm and Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing from Harm there, released on the 18th of October. What a soulful number. Now, this is one of the newer acts that you may not be aware of. If you don't know, Harm are a Liverpool alt-pop trio. 
And their plan is to release a song every six weeks until their debut album is released early next year. Can they keep it up, Will? Great. I, they definitely, I think they can because this isn't the first song of Harms that we have loved. We talked about Loving on Borrowed Time last year in the new music drop. Very similar approach to these kind of very epic, almost choral choruses on these songs. And you said to me earlier, I'm really surprised you like this. And uh, I kind of wondered why that was. Why was that? Well, it's probably the least electronic track you've put on the or mm. one of us has put on the list. <laughs> Ambiguous. <laughs> uh, I, I can I can appreciate that, but I do love a very well structured, written, performed, and produced pop song, which this ticks all those boxes. And reading up on the band, my I read two incredible facts about them. One is that because they've been on hiatus for a short while. Um, during that time, one member completed their PhD and uh, they're now a doctor. And another member during this time was hosting Bongo's Bingo. <laughs> we love a bit of Bongo's Bingo. Uh, My Tuple Weekender is a staple of the weekend, isn't it? And okay, next, number 19, Dua, as Elton John calls her, Leaper. And this is Dance the Night. Watch me. Dua Lipa there, and it wouldn't be a top 30 of the year if we didn't touch on some of the music that featured in probably the biggest, most cultural impact of a film this year, which was obviously Barbie. And this was a big part of the film. Dua Lipa was in the film herself. She was a mermaid with a very natural looking wig uh, uh, in, in a small snatch of the film. Uh, and obviously this song features very heavily in the film as well. It's classic current Dua Lipa, isn't it? It's a huge balls out of the bag disco pop song and it's lovely. It's fantastic. It's so good. And when I first heard it, you know, it's just it sounded so shiny and perfect for the film. But there's just a the voice in the back of my head was saying, actually, is this too simple a song? And then I quickly slapped myself out of it and was like, no, it's not at all. It's just a classic disco song written in 2023. And what a team behind it as well, because, of course, Dua Lipa on the co-write with Mark Ronson, who oversaw the entire Barbie album, which had some other incredible stuff on there. Uh, he did that with Andrew Wyatt and then producing. You've also got the Picard brothers who've worked with the likes of Major Lazer, Madonna and Beyonce. And also Dua co-wrote it with Caroline Aylin, who she wrote new rules with, and also this year's Houdini, which is one of the tracks that could have been on this top 30 had this one not been there. Not quite, didn't quite make it, did it? Not quite, still quite new, but a phenomenal song. Mm. I know we're both very excited for what Dua does next. And this was released on the 25th of May, and Dua previously was number 34 on our top 40 of 2021 with Real Groove 2054, the initial talk remix, with Kylie, lovely of course. Number 18 then, this is Romy and Enjoy Your Life.
So enjoy your life there from Romy's debut solo album, which did appear on our top 10 albums of the year. This was released on the 12th of... Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that episode yet. Well, you really should be listening in order, so more fool you. <laughs> this was released on the 12th of April. And just what a ridiculous team behind this song. It's produced by Fred again, Stuart Price, and Jamie XX. I'm, I, I'm lost for words, Will. Three hot properties in every way possible there. And... This typifies, this song for me typifies why we love Romy. It's dance music and of not one particular genre. This was more disco leaning, but maybe there's more pop and rave uh, and harder stuff on the album. But this is, it's so carefree, isn't it? It's got a wonderful message to it and it's just incredibly produced as well. But it's got a real heart to it, which a lot of her songs do. Yeah. That's why we love her. That's why we love her. And that song, my mother said to me, enjoy your life. Anyone who doesn't know, Romy's spoken before in interviews about the fact that her mum died when she was 11 years old. So she said that she heard this song live because, sorry, backtrack, that sample is from a song by Beverly Glenn Copeland uh, from a song called La Vita, released in 2004. And Romy heard it when, name drop here, Robin took her to see Beverly live in Stockholm uh, and she said it just majorly just resonated with her as you can well imagine and I'd love how she's worked into this track because it's just it's beyond euphoria this song it just is I think that team behind it that story behind it that message behind it that that real honesty and heart behind it it's incredible and Will I just need to hear this one live yeah, I'd love to see her live. I've not seen her live. I'd love to see her live. There we go. Take a take a shot there. Number 17 now, The Wave with Kill Me Again. So if you don't know who The Wave are, it is none other than Graham Coxon and Rose Eleanor Dougal, uh, a wonderful duo come together to create some very unique sounds. And you've been going on about The Wave this year and I tried to ignore you, but (laughs) listening to this song, it's not immediately accessible to me, but I really have come to enjoy it and to really like it. It's made me listen to the rest of their stuff this year, Dan, so thank you for that. But obviously, Graham from Blur. Graham from Blur, of course. And Rose, part of Mark Ronson's The Business International. So lots of songwriting on the record collection album, which we have been track by track through and loved. And before that, she was a pipette. Now, this one was produced by James Ford. Take a shot. (laughs) And Will, this one was released on the 29th of November, 2022. You pushing your luck there, Dan. God, we... It stayed in though, didn't it? Well, we usually, the well, not we, the rules usually stay December, but that's two days before. And it would have been too late to include in last year's top 20 or whatever we did. Also, I only heard it in 2023 and that's what really matters. <laughs> 
if that's a rule now, then I'd want to completely change my selections. But it's a great... I love that screeching sax at the start. You said it sounded like... Uh, Your squeaky wheelbarrow when you're up the allotments. (laughs) Which is my dream, actually. I'd love to semi-retire. I love the chugging bass. I love the haunting harmonies. I love those hints of glittery electronics that give it quite a spacey sound. I think it's a really intriguing track because it's quite glam rock in some ways uh, mm. it, but then it's quite you can hear the two sides of you know graham coxon's indie rock roots and rose's more pop sensibilities coming together number 16 then rose gray and from Rose Gray. Now this one released right near the start of the year on the 2nd of February and another one that really nods back to that 90s dance sound. There's something about this one and I can't, I'm, I find it difficult to put into words but it's one of those tracks where you know what you're getting from the off which is sometimes a good thing. Sometimes you want to be led down the garden path and through the maze and not knowing where you're going to end up but with this one I, f- I find that within a few seconds you know what you're getting you like it and you're just happy with that. I love Rose Grey. I think her sound, the kind of rave pop, dance pop sound that she's carved out for herself is just fantastic. And uh, I saw her live this year. She was at the Mighty Hoopla. She was one of the earlier acts on stage, but I still made a beeline right to the front because I could go all the way uh, just to enjoy her getting the party started. And I'd love to see her do really well because I think she's got the she's got some fantastic original songs. Prettier Than You uh, is on the EP that she released this year, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and also she's got um, some other brilliant songs, Happiness as well. She's recently released uh, a collaboration at the, in October with Kungs called Afraid of Nothing. Uh, I just can't wait to hear more from her in 2024. And a great name on the production as well. Alex Metric produced this one. So he has produced for the likes of Melanie C, Friendly Fires, Busted, and has also remixed for the likes of Foles, Depeche Mode, and Alphabet. Also worth noting, Rose Grey appeared on last year's Top 20 of 2022. She was at number 20. Okay, number 15 now. Zoot Woman released some new music this year, which I'm always here for. Live and Learn is the one. Dan, I don't care what anyone says, Zoot Women can't release a bad track. And they didn't this year because we had we had Live and Learn, we had A Habit I Can't Break, and we also had Blind. But this one is the standout for me uh, because it's classically them. It's underplayed to start off with. 
then slowly and gradually builds and builds into this electronic dream. And it's no surprise it's so well produced and structured because of the personnel that make up Zoot Woman. Yes, if you didn't know, uh, a little known producer called Stuart Price is a member of the band. We've mentioned him once or twice. Uh, he was playing with Zoot Woman before he was producing for the likes of Madonna. Still involved with them in the studio, I believe. Not so much uh, out and about when they tour. But what I love about Zoot Woman is that we've not had an album for a while. They've just been releasing lots of singles and lots of collaborations. And, you know, sometimes you want the full album and that full experience. But sometimes you're just happy for these one-off tracks. Uh, and when they sound like this, more than happy with that. Because I love how this really kind of... It's quite juxtaposed, that that murky synth sound and then that very airy treatment to the vocals. Quite mesmerising, actually. Uh, and, of course, last, uh, back in 2021, I can't believe it was that long ago, Never Felt This Way was a song we raved about, and I still absolutely adore it. Um, like I said, they can't release a bad song. That was a stunner. That was our number seven track on our top 40 of 2021. This one, Live and Learn, released on the 30th of June this year. Number 14, it's The Killers and Your Side of Town. Side of Town from The Killers were released on the 6th of October ahead of a new best of album called Rebel Diamonds, which comes out in December. So it's probably already out because it is December now. And that's not even me getting the recording uh, episode release schedule wrong. That's just my head right now. But this song, what I love about this is a new killer song. It can go either way, can't it? Because they are obviously hugely inspired by Bruce Springsteen and that kind of Americana, sometimes more stripped-back acoustic sound. But they are also hugely inspired by the likes of Pet Shop Boys and that huge electro-pop sound. And this is, not only is this without a doubt the latter, this might be their biggest, most bombastic pop track ever? Forever, ever? I think you're probably not far off the mark there. This is, it's so theatrical it's so over the top it's so electronic i couldn't believe it when i first heard this track i couldn't believe it was them i couldn't believe how good it was and i couldn't believe how pet shop boys-esque it was clearly a love letter to them because of the production in particular on this track and what a way to make uh, a, a band who've been going for as long as the killers fresh than to just throw the baby out of the bathwater and create this brilliant synth pop song. And this one, it will come as no surprise, co-produced by Stuart Price, who, of course, worked on Day and Age. And, you know, you could argue that maybe Human or maybe Spaceman are poppier, but this one, I think, is that more, as you said, theatrical, as I said, bombastic pop. It's kind of Depeche Mode and Pet Shop Boys and Erasure and more. Uh, also co-produced by Sean Everett, who's worked with everyone from the likes of Julian Casablancas and Minnie Driver to Miley Cyrus and Carly Rae Jepsen. I'm going to say Minnie Viva then. 
And Killers previously appeared at number 39 on our top 40 of 2020 with My Own Soul's Warning. Okay, next one, Chapel Roan, who I discovered this year. Uh, This is an absolute wonder. Uh, This is from her album, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess, Super Graphic Ultra Modern Girl. Rome is uh, a rising star who's really emerged this year with her with that album, which a lot of people have been talking about. It is a wonderful journey through all all kinds of different genres of pop, and this song for me stands out. It's the story that's told. It's the attitude. It's the absolute absolute belter of a shouty chorus that I love, and I think it really sums up her as an artist. And I'm really I still can't stop listening to the album and it was just one of those albums that was just shy off of our top albums of the year list as well. And if you haven't discovered her, go and listen to the album and well, this song first, then the album. Brilliant. Yeah. You sent me the album. I know of Chapel Rome through you. Uh, You sent me the album and it's an incredible um, concept album, isn't it? Really? It Mm. goes through so many styles. It's, such incredible storytelling but this track in particular a real explosion of power and fun it takes you on an adventure and yeah that's just one little piece of the album this one was released on the 28th of september and was written and produced with daniel nigro who has worked with the likes of kylie and olivia rodrigo number 12 then we've talked about graham but let's have the lot of them this is blur and barbaric and what caused the feeling that I thought I'd never lose? It is barbaric. Oh, you can't play to every taste. The powder keg of common cause. All of us carry drugs. So barbaric there from Blur, released on the 21st of July this year from their ninth studio album, The Ballad of Darren, which was their first album in eight years and was produced by James Ford. (laughs) But I absolutely love this track. When I first listened to The Ballad of Darren, this is the one that stood out to me on the first listen that I had to go back and listen to after I'd finished it. I love how, for me, of all the tracks, it's a great album. I love the whole album. But for me, this has the chemistry of early blur it's got the whimsical cheekiness the playfulness both musically and lyrically i also love how each musician can be heard and that's a good thing because they've all put a lot aside to do the whole blur thing this year they're all been very busy we've heard from graham and the things he's done with the wave amongst other things dave released his debut solo album this year alex of course still making cheese uh still running the big festival and damon Maybe more from him later. Do you know what? What you said about this song, it, it, it's that's so true. It is, for me, this track is so them. But at the same time, James Ford's production brings in a bit of a beat to it, a, a, sort of a very crisp, up-to-date production style to it. 
but I think the lyrics and Damon Albarn's voice just throws you back to, you know, the 90s, to that time when Blur were at the absolute peak. And I think I need to listen to that whole album more in its entirety because I don't think I've given it as much welly as you have so far. But this song certainly impresses as a new Blur track that Blur fans of old will enjoy. And this one, because there's been two or three singles from the album, this was the second, if not third single, um, but I've seen this on a lot of end-of-year lists. Okay, next one. The Beatles uh, are at number 11 with Now and Then. So the Beatles there with Now and Then. And what a great time to put some of the fantastic album artwork that's been created this year. Oh, for this single, (laughs) for this album campaign, for the Red and Blue albums, is that what you mean? (laughs) Now, I didn't think we'd be talking about the Beatles on Track by Track, uh, particularly in an end of year top 30. And I'm not a big Beatles fan, but I can definitely appreciate the work and uh, effort that's gone into creating this track and also the the production of this track and how great it sounds orally. But that said, this is definitely one of the songs you've added to the list for this year, Dan. And um, with that in mind, with where it is, you can tell that this was quite high up on my list. This was only released on the 2nd of November and I've played this song a hell of a lot. It's edging towards my top 10 most song, played songs of the year because I am a big Beatles fan. And so this track, which they've dubbed the last Beatles song, I just found the whole thing really emotional, actually, to see a lot of the videos that were shared from them in the studio. For anyone who doesn't know, this is one of three songs that they worked on in the mid-90s. Two were released as singles, so Free as a Bird and Real Love released in 95 and 96. Um, and then this one, they didn't think they could finish because it was all of those tracks were based on demos that John Lennon recorded. And this one, it just felt like the demo was such bad quality that they couldn't do anything with it. And then, of course, fast forward all this time later and technology has improved. AI has improved and it's helped with this track, not because they've recreated John Lennon's voice, but just through AI, they can separate his voice from the rest of the track. And so they've been able to, to create the final Beatles song. And I just think it's, not not just because of all of that, not just because it is the Beatles. I just think it's a really stunning song as well. The final Beatles song, eh? Let's hope so. <laughs> They're number 11. They just missed out on the top 10. They will be fuming. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a letter from Ringo, actually. Absolutely livid. But what was great about this is that it did get to number one. So when they released their singles in the mid-90s, uh, the Freezer Bird and Real Love, they didn't get number one. I think they were held off number one by Oasis for one of them. Um, this did get to number one. An even bigger feat, Will. I think it's the first Beatles song we've ever played on Track by Track. So we are into the top 10. And at number 10, it's Depeche Mode. Oh, we and Ghosts again. 
This one was released right at the start of the year, 9th of February. And Will, mm-hmm. it was produced by James, by James Ford. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, this was a really important track for Depeche Mode because not only was it their first single for six years, but it was the first since founding member Fletch passed away. So there's kind of, I feel like there's more pressure on them now as a duo of Dave Gahan and Martin Gore. But for me, they came back with one of their strongest and most poppiest singles for some time. And I remember I was in Berlin when I heard this and I texted you. I probably recalled this story uh, on the albums of the year episode. But I remember texting you and just saying, I can't believe how good this is. And particularly the outro. Yeah. And I listened to it immediately or, well, at the most appropriate moment after you texted me. And I loved it. And I thought, I think it's a fitting way to kind of herald in the the new era for them as a duo and a new album. And also, I guess, respect, you know, what they've lost and what's come before as well. Just in the title, in the haunting production through this track as well. But again, James Ford is brilliant, isn't he? This beat that runs through it and the outro, like you say, so good. And it's out one of our albums of the year. So there are so many other great tracks that if you haven't listened to new Depeche Mode in 2023, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. Sort it out. After the episode. Sort it out. Ah, yes. Finish with us first. Track nine now, and it's BB Rexa. She's had a great year. And I'm not high. I'm in love. So BB Rexa, that was I'm Not High, I'm In Love, a track taken from her album from this year, uh, imaginatively titled BB. Now, I reckon, uh, as someone who started off writing songs for other people and has now emerged to be a fully blown pop star in her own lifetime, this this was, this was is her coming of age album for me, entering her imperial phase, and I reckon elevating to icon status off the back of some great songs on this album, but also some great collaborations as well. She's definitely gotten in on the uh, on the kind of Euro pop, dance pop bandwagon with her collaborations as well. Uh, but her album, similarly to Chapel, actually, it's a fantastic mix of styles, country tinged at times, but I love the energy and the beat and bounce in this song. And it encapsulates the intoxicity of being in love. It's a great track. And I particularly love with the disco strings, kind of a distant cousin of Dance the Night maybe, and really has that kind of I will survive energy to it. But just with that added skipping bass line, bring it to 2023. And then you've also got that wonderful acoustic breakdown as well. 
But one thing that I really love about this song on our on our countdown is that this wasn't a single. We say these are our tracks of the no. year, not our singles of the year. This is the only album track on here, but in the top 10 because it's that good. Uh, we're very careful about that, so don't go writing in. We, no. It is top songs of the year, not singles of the year. We do leave a bit of breathing room for standout album tracks like this that make you think, why wasn't this released as a single? But again, as we often say, so nice to have these absolute nuggets tucked away on an album for you to discover. So this one released on the 2nd of April when the album Bebe was released. And this one written and produced with Ido Zmishlani, who's worked with the likes of Shawn Mendes, Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers, and also produced with Jesse St. John, who's worked with Britney, among others. Number eight. I'm glad I get to introduce this one. It's Duran Duran and Dan Halloween theme album from this year. This track was released on the 30th of August, produced by the band with Mr. Hudson and Joshua Blair, who they've worked with fairly often over more recent years. And what I really love about this song, and just take, not talking about it musically for a second, but this song features guitar from Andy Taylor and Warren Cuccarello, the two incredible guitarists. Andy, of course, there from the start, uh, until 86. Warren, a full-time member from 1990 to 2000, worked on The Wedding Album, of course, their big comeback. I don't think, as a big Duran Duran fan, with fellow Duran Duran fans, I don't think we ever thought we'd, we maybe didn't think we'd get to hear either of them individually on track again. Here, we get both of them on a really experimental track that's kind of the beating heart, or the beating black heart, if you like, of the album. Yes, it's the title track on the album and so unique for them to do something that's such a, I don't know, it's just such a, like a, a, a slow discovery into a dark world. But I, the things I love about it is the creepy beat to it, but also the Robbie Williams style rapping to it. I think it's something I would never thought I'd hear from Duran Duran. Yeah, it's a really different delivery. I think we've heard it a couple of times and maybe more on album tracks over the years, but Simon's vocal on this. When I first heard it, I have to be honest, when I first heard it, I wasn't quite sure. But after a couple of listens, I loved it. And Simon said, it's not a rap, it's a chant. And I kind of get where he's coming from there. It's a Halloween song. is summoning demons. Uh, so it's more of a chant. For me, it's maybe somewhere between Mike Skinner and Fred Schneider. Keen to distance from Robbie Williams there. <laughs> but I think this, I mean, this concept album was a great piece of work from Duran Duran this year. I guess something we weren't expecting. And we've, we've talked about the album on our albums of the year. And this is the standout, I think, for both of us. Well, clearly, because it's in the top 10. But some great covers, some very interesting covers on the album as well. But this, as an original song, is fascinating and so different. Well done. Well done, boys. And of course, they have previously appeared on an end-of-year countdown. They were number five with Tonight United 
on our top 40 of 2021. Okay, number seven in our countdown now. Sparks were back this year. This is the title track from the album they came back with. And it's This Girl Is Crying In Her Love. The girl is crying in her love, The girl is crying in her love, The girl is crying in her love, wow. The girl is crying in her love, In case you weren't aware, I absolutely love Sparks and I was pleased as punch not only to hear the new album this year but to see them live at Glastonbury. I had a fantastic solo experience for that and it was just wonderful. This was the title track, a very much shock of power, synths and electronica to kick off this album. This song doesn't typify the album but I think it's a great way to catch your attention and draw you back into the Sparks experience. And I just love the production, the electronic production to this, but also listen to the lyrics. I think it's so whimsical uh, and so them. It's it's lovely. It is incredible. This arrived in Q1, released on the 3rd of March. And what a way to see the year through. We got a new single every month until the album was released. But this, for both of us, I think is the one from the album. Incredibly sparks it's so quirky it's so mysterious it's avant-garde it's thumping it's catchy it's fun it could only be sparks um and as you said glastonbury was incredible they toured the uk they played the royal albert hall that video you know got everyone's attention it's amazing that this far into their career they're still pleasing people they're still making new fans they're still pleasing old fans they can do no wrong. They still can create fantastic pop music with no signs of letting up as well. But not just fantastic pop music, something that feels so fresh and cutting edge. And I would love more people to listen to this song. Uh, and in fact, I can, I'll make it a mission to do so because I think it deserves to, a wider appreciation. Hence, one of the reasons why we talked about it and the album on Track by Track this year. So, number six, we said we'd be talking about him again. Damon Alburn with Gorillaz. of January from their Cracker Island album and I have to say Will this has pretty much been my most played song of the year since January I just adore it's interesting because we talked about Blur and how that track Barbaric was kind of returned to their cheekier more whimsical roots but on this one I love hearing Damon Alburn with this really shiny poppy production which comes from Greg Kirsten with the added vocals of Adelaide Amateo, who is part of the Humans Choir, who've performed live with Gorillaz on various tours. I just think the the melding of those elements is an electro-pop stunner. 
It's great, isn't it? I love the fact that this is probably a lot more poppy than a lot of Gorilla stuff is. And the whole Greg Kirsten connection, I mean, he just typifies just really sharp, poppy productions. And yeah, it's such a great song. And again, you recommended this one to me, and now I can't stop listening to it. So the power of great pop music and friendship. The power ah, at Christmas. Hmm, it's lovely. Also, I have to say, I felt like I was alone in liking this one. I didn't really see too many people talking about it, but I've seen it in lots of people's Spotify wrapped. We're into the top five now. Brace yourselves. First up, Everything But The Girl are back and we couldn't be happy about it. Nothing left to lose. Kiss me while the world decays. No, Dan, I could listen to that all day. I love Nothing Left to Lose. I loved Fuse, the whole album of theirs. And I just love the fact that Ben and Tracy were back this year and they clearly were so happy about it and they've clearly put their heart and soul into this new music. This was the first of the new songs that we heard and immediately I loved it and immediately and simultaneously took me back to their glory days of electronic pop and at the same time sounding like very current act like say bicep and who i'm sure would count them as an influence uh but this is fantastic it's so tracy's voice is incredible the production and electronica on here is just some of the best i've heard this year and not only was this song great the next one was brilliant and the one after that and the album didn't disappoint either so good to have them back after such a long time. So good. And what a way to start the year as well, because this was released on the 10th of January. And this is definitely one of those albums where any one of those three or four singles could have been on this list. They were all so good. They were all highlighting slightly different sounds for the band. And as you said, Will, it was amazing that over a quarter of a century since their last album, they came back with an album that sounds like a quarter of a century has passed. It sounds like now it's very current musically. Trace's voice has aged slightly, but it gives it even more emotion Mm. on the tracks. The lyrics are fantastic. It was just, it just did not disappoint at all. And, you know, when an act comes back after that long, sometimes it can, but this did not. Also, I just want to point out that I think what's great about this track is that... um, it was so current and so worked so well for 2023. There's a great remix from Fortet and that could only have happened because of how good the track originally is. So we're on to number four. It's Alison Goldfrapp, Never Stop.
Never Stop There from Alison Goldfrapp, released on the 14th of April, written and produced with Richard X. What a phenomenal year it's been for Alison Goldfrapp. What a year it's been for someone who is a fan of Goldfrapp and who wanted some more electropop from them. We didn't get it from Goldfrapp, the band. We got it from Alison Goldfrapp, working with lots of different writers and producers and remixes, of course, because that's how the project started. This is just... This is just exactly what we wanted. It's synth pop, it's disco, it's dance music, it's intelligent, it's sultry, it's catchy, it's slinky. It's quality pop slash dance music of the highest calibre. You you said then it's exactly what we wanted and that is so true. I wanted something that was very much Alice and Goldfrap with influences from Goldfrap, but something that was different. And this kind of polished dance pop track produced by Richard X with an amazing hook of a chorus, I think is just fantastic. It is so sharp. And for a song that's still four and a half minutes long, I just think it rattles along at a pace. And before you know it, it's over. It's Alison's voice is fantastic. And I think it's so great to hear her just wander a little wider away from Goldfrapp's folk driven slash electronica uh into the world of pop and into more dance driven tracks that you hear on the album as well but for me i still can't stop listening to this track because i just love the punch and the bounce that it has to it and i was just over the moon when i heard how much he'd been working with richard x for this album it's just all all works out wonderfully it worked out so wonderfully. And if you didn't hear any of the hints of teasers that were released ahead of the album, then this is side one, track one. So this would have been your introduction to the love invention. And what an introduction. Just those first 30 seconds, the beat, the music, the vocal samples, the other samples. I think you would know quite quickly that you're in for a treat. And of course, we have also got the love reinvention now as well. Okay, Number three now in our countdown of our top 30 songs of 2023. It's Jesse Ware. And begin again. Begin again, Jesse Ware continues to serve and deliver fantastic, slinky, sultry disco pop. And I love the evolution that she's had, where she had huge disco songs. Still, That's still in the mix, but now we're getting something a little bit more theatrical, high camp for sure, just much bigger and bolder and so quintessentially her in the music as well i think begin again is a great example of that from her album from this year which was again another one another one of our top 10 albums of the year spoiler alert but i just love the dreamy start to this and then the beat kicks in and i just think it is sweet as perfect perfect package the perfect package i love how this one merges between disco strings and then the brass which was inspired by trips to Brazil. I just love that fusion of sounds 
on this one. This one, another that is one of my most played songs of the year. I think it's my number two or three most played tracks of the year. Just there was a, a, a good week or so when I think I pretty much exclusively listened to this song because that last minute or so is just hairs on the back of the neck. I mean, I, I lifted. I just became a different entity. It's so good. Her vocal delivery, the music, the brass. And also lyrically throughout the song, I love the lines in this song. Why does all the purest love get filtered through machines? It's just pure Jesse, and I'm here for it. Dan, when this different being comes by again, can you let me know? Because I'd quite like to meet them. You wouldn't. Might be, uh, might be a nicer person. Uh, not possible. Uh, I'm sure there was somebody good behind this album, behind Jesse, behind this album. There were some great names on the album. Stuart Price was involved, which is, of course, wonderful to hear. But this track, however, was produced by James Ford. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the last mention of James Ford for the episode, by the way. Uh, but don't just to be just to be clear, James Ford is working with the Pet Shop Boys now, so it would not be the last time we talk about him on this podcast. No, hopefully, quite soon we'll be talking about a new track and a new album. Also, we'll got to mention the wonderful Joe Goddard remix of this track as well. Yes, yes, love that collaboration. Also, will I just have to talk about Table Manners, which is of course Jesse's podcast with her mum Lenny. What a year it has been. This new series, the guests on this new series are ridiculous. They have had Miriam Margulies. They've had Princess Eugenie. They've had Girls Aloud. And on the most recent episode at time of uh, recording, they've had Cher. It's just ridiculous. What a fantastic collection of queens there. Uh, And I really mean that. There's not a gay man in sight. Genuine, absolute queens. Queens. And also, I have to say that Jesse has previously appeared on not one, not two, but three end of year countdowns. In 2020, she was at number 21 with Save a Kiss. In 2021, she was at number 35 with Please. And last year, she was at number nine with Free Yourself. Gosh, was that a whole year ago, that song now? Still still fresh. Still good. Speaking of Queens, Dan, who's at number two? I'm a bit nervous about this one, Will. Because (laughs) at number two, it's Kylie Minogue with Tension. So, come on. You were all expecting Padam Padam, weren't you? And don't get me wrong, what a year it's been for Kylie. Padam Padam playing a massive, huge part in that. It's a great pop song. It's a really clever pop song. It was so exciting to see it climbing up the charts. But for me, and I think for us, Tension is just an even better pop song. You're right. It's musically more interesting uh, and more uh, more complex as well. And I think Padam was such a huge cultural moment this year, heralding in the tension era for Kylie. And it was everywhere. And I just don't know how many hundreds of times I heard it. But I got over it. 
but I still come back to tension. It's still, for me, the more orally interesting track. And I guess there's lots of different moments in this track to enjoy. And coupled with the video, which is just out there, I just think the package of tension just pipped Padam Padam for me. Because uh, right at the end of the year, I still in, I'm still loving listening to it. Where if Padam comes on, I will sort of nod my head, but it will wash over me a little bit more because maybe it was so saturated at the time that I keep coming back to tension now. And, and all the other phenomenal tracks on that album. And, Will, we've got to say that Tension was our number one album of the year. Spoiler alert, sorry about that. And also, we put it to the patron vote of which of our top ten albums of the year are we going track by track through. And Kylie's Tension won, so we're going to go track by track through the album next week on Patreon. So you'll have to come and join us over there, where you'll also get the Impossible Princess episode, the Let's Get To It episode, and some Kylie further listening, as well as 80-plus other exclusives. I, I, I agree completely on it musically and the whole production of it. And of course, how could it not be amazing with this team behind it? You've got Bifko, you've got Camille, and you've got Duck Blackwell as James well. James Ford. Oh. Uh, sadly, surprisingly, not on this one. And because of the style of it, a lot of people were likening this to kind of Xenomania, that kind of thing. So many different elements, so many different styles, which I think is such a huge compliment to them and to Kylie. Yeah, totally. And I think because it is quite out there, it is the structure is all over the place. And production wise, it's just so such of such good quality as well. We could not, there was no way that Kylie wasn't going to feature in this top 30 countdown in some way, shape or form. And I really like the fact that we've not gone for the obvious. We've gone with our, our musical hearts. That's lovely. Also, this one released on the 31st of August as the second single from Tension, of course. Kylie has previously appeared in End of Year Countdowns. She was number 22 in 2020 with Magic and number 34 on our top 40 of 2021 with Real Groove 2054, the Initial Talk remix with Dewar, of course, as mentioned before. So before we say our number one song of the year, should we have a quick fly through the last 29? Let's do it. Okay, so at number 30, we had S.G. Lewis with Fever Dreamer at 29. Danny Minogue, We Could Be The One. 28, Odiza with and Yellow House, Waiting Forever. 27, Fred Again, Adore You. 26, Django Django featuring Self-Esteem, Complete Me. 25, Sugar Babes, When The Rain Comes. 24, Peggy Goo, It Goes Like Na Na Na. 23, Moika, Already Gone. 22, The Last Dinner Party with Nothing Matters. And 21, Chemical Brothers with Beck, Skipping Like a Stone. Number 20 is Harm with Do The Right Thing. 19 is Dua Lipa and Dance The Night Away. At 18, it's Romy with Enjoy Your Life. 17 is The Wave with Kill Me Again. Number 16 is Rose Grey with Ecstasy. At 15, it's Zoot Woman with Live and Learn. Number 14 is The Killers with Your Side of Town. And at 13, it's Chapel Rome with Super Graphic Ultra Modern Girl. 12 is Blur with Barbaric. And at 11, it's The Beatles with Now and Then. Our top 10 of 2023 starts at number 10 with Depeche Mode, Ghosts Again. B 
BB Rexa at number nine, I'm Not High, I'm In Love. Number eight, Duran Duran, Dance Macabre. Number seven, Sparks, The Girl Is Crying In A Latte. Number six, Gorillas, Silent Running. Number five, Everything But The Girl, Nothing Left To Lose. Number four is Alison Goldfrapp with Never Stop. Three, Jessie Ware, Begin Again. Two, Kylie, Tension. And our number one track of the year. It's Jake Shears. Too much music. Too much music playing in the streets. Too much music that can never play. Too much music for me. Yeah, yeah. Jake. Cheers, fantastic uh, album this year, fantastic pop star, fantastic person, fantastic for us to have spoken to earlier in the year, which has no bearing on the fact this is our top track of the year. It's just a fantastic pop song. It is catchy, it's relatable, it's fantastically written and produced, and I still can't stop listening to it. Same. I think this song just really spoke to us, didn't it? Because there can never be too much music. Well, that's just us. If you cut us in half, like a stick of rock, that's what would be written inside of us. And I think what Jake's done with this whole album is just showcase his love of music. He did it in a different way with his debut solo album, with his debut self-titled solo album. But five years later, he's back with something that, and I hope he wouldn't mind me saying, sounds like... Scissor Sisters, but that seems like quite an obvious thing anyway, because of course he played a huge part in their career as one of the chief songwriters of the band. He brought disco and funk and pop and dance music to the band. So why wouldn't he still release that sort of music now? Um, This track is just, it's phenomenal. It's storytelling. It's something he's really passionate about. It's danceable. It's completely danceable. Likewise, this was released on the 2nd of February and I'm not bored of it and I can't stop playing it. And like the best pop songs, it mean, it really means something. It touches you personally. And we're big fans of being touched personally, aren't we? Oh, massively. Uh, music is at, pop music is at its best when it creates and stirs feeling and emotion in you. As well as something you can dance to, or tap your foot to, or cry to, something like this that just so relatable. And I think Jake, in a lot of his music, in his lot of his writing, you know, has a real knack for for doing that. He loves music. He understands music. He also knows people and the people that love his music and what makes them tick as well. And the passion that he talked about this song and the other songs on the album when we spoke to him because we have gone track by track through the album. Um, If you want to check it out, it is out there everywhere now. I think just that passion just totally comes through. He he just couldn't stop talking about it all. And it's he's still talking about it now. He's still out there talking about this album and performing. Still performing. And as we said on the Top 10 Albums episode, because this is one of our albums of the year, how could it not be? 
it's been such an amazing year for him because not only the album and the incredible singles, but his own tour, supporting Duran Duran, playing Glastonbury, Mighty Hoopla, loads of Pride festivals, and now starring in Cabaret, as well as working on more new music. It's so, so, so good to have Jake back. He's had a lovely break, I think, but now we've got him back and I want to keep him. And I think we'll be hearing more, maybe an extension on what we've had this year or maybe some brand new stuff coming next year. I wonder if we'll be talking about him in a year's time. I do hope so. He did tell us he was working on a side three of the album. So so that's our top 30. I am exhausted. Absolutely puffed out. Even when we used to do a top 40, we did it in 10 at a time. This um, wiped out, Will. But what a collection and what a showcase of amazing music from this year. And we've only scratched the surface on new mu- all the music that's been released this year. There, just while we were listening to some of the tracks, while we've been discussing them, we were remembering other songs uh, that could have been up there as well. Maybe if they were more memorable, they would have been up there, you could say. Uh, but let us know what your standout tracks of the year are uh, and what you made of our selection at Track by Track UK. Yes, and don't forget, next week we are going track by track through Kylie's Tension. That episode voted for by patrons and it's going to be exclusively on Patreon where you can also find 90 plus exclusive episodes including brand new series. So thank you for spending the year with us. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon and across all podcasting platforms and social media. Uh, But I will be back again very soon. Until then, I've been Dan. And I've been Will. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.